For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome listeners to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I am your host for the hour. I try to bring you a lot of really good information all about you and your health. And this is a reminder that the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. That's myvillagegreen.com. Another reminder that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via the website and the store on Cedar Lane. You can ask questions and get expert advice. They also carry superior supplements from many manufacturers, including their own Pathway products. Now, we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and please do tune in next week for more information on healthy living. Now, our guest today is Amanda Archibald. She's a registered dietitian with a fascinating background. Our subject is her new book, The Genomic Kitchen, Using Food Gene Connection for a Lifetime of Health. I do want to tell you a little bit about Amanda. She's widely recognized for her trailblazing work as a culinary nutritionist and dietitian. Amanda has a long-standing commitment to redefining food, nutrition, and cooking education in ways that make it accessible and meaningful. In addition to founding the Genomic Kitchen, a system of choosing, preparing, and understanding food based on culinary genomics, she has created the practice of culinary genomics, and it's a term she coined to express the revolutionary merging of nutrigenomics and the culinary arts. She is a visionary, and her approach is unique. And interestingly, she is leveraging her prior career as a published analyst and trends researcher with her expertise in nutrition. And I want to welcome you to the show, Amanda. I think you're going to be very exciting. Thank you so much. I, I, I'm so glad to be back. And talking to you, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a lot of information to share. Uh, start with some basic information, how you got interested, uh, so that our listeners have more background on what you're doing and why it's so important. So uh, how I got interested in nutrition and how I got into this whole field of culinary genomics, is that where you want me to head? Yes, yes. Sure. So I grew up in Europe, and uh, probably a, a few more words, people say, ooh, I think she's from England. Correct. I did grow up in, in Europe, and my relationship to food, as you probably know, or anyone who has traveled to Europe, is, is so food is a very central part of our lives. As my mother will say, no sooner do we sit down to lunch and we talk about what's for dinner. So about 30, 35 years ago, I was 
fortunate enough to uh, come to the United States and take up residency here. And we ended up uh, living in way upstate New York. So I thought I was going to New York City. Nope, six hours north to the Canadian border. Wow. And at that time, yeah, so if you know that area, it's a Thousand Island area. It's beautiful, extremely rural. And we went there because this is a place where the U.S. Army was investing in the 10th Mountain Division, which became Fort Drum. Fast forward to my experience there was fascinating, but for the first time in my life, I have never observed a relationship between poverty and poor health outcomes. I, I came from Europe and everything wasn't perfect, for sure, but I was, it was front and center to me, like, wait a minute here, how come uh, people are just suffering such poor health out- outcomes in this part of the country? That really got me to um, go back to school, go back to university, uh, and study nutrition, get a degree in nutrition science. And the part from Europe comes in because even though I had an expertise in translating nutrition science, what was missing to me was the excitement about food. And as I always say, nutrition advice without culinary translation is just advice. And so for me, I was always fascinated in this translation space. How do we connect the dots between the best nutrition advice, what you do at the grocery store, what you do in the kitchen? So that was my start, uh, as you probably would identify, because we have similar, you know, we have similar backgrounds, right, in terms of nutrition, science, and and food. Yes. Um, so men, yeah. So you you probably say, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from. So take that. Fast forward about 20 years. Um, in those 20 years, we had the birth of the Human Genome Project, where we basically mapped human genes, and we started to download our understanding of which genes in the human body does what, how they influence different biochemical pathways or our innate circuitry that makes us human. And once again, I said, oh, my gosh, this is science we have to follow. From the Human Genome Project, we gave, it gave light to the field of nutrigenomics, how the food we eat interacts with our genes. And once again, I said, this is, these are watershed times. This is the train I'm jumping on. Nutrigenomics is what we want to be able to offer um, to the public, help them understand that we have a new understanding of food, and once again, how do you translate it in the kitchen? So that's my journey through culinary genomics is essentially cooking the language of your DNA or cooking the language and flavor of your DNA. So um, it was a long journey to come to this is the greatest time, I think, in nutrition science in history, in my opinion. It is is truly an exciting time. And I myself started out as a dental hygienist. And I like to say I got into nutrition through the mouth. And what I recognized at that time was that in dentistry and dental hygiene, the diet was very important, primarily focused on avoiding the foods that would cause dental decay. Uh, more than just what is good for the whole body. But I was studying nutrition at the time and becoming aware of this broad importance. And in medicine, there really wasn't prevention at the time. This is in the 70s. If you rec- in Maryland, and, and you used to live here in Maryland, if you recommended more consumption of a plant-based diet to avoid cancer and heart disease, it was quackery, and you were treating conditions that did not exist, and doctors got 
called Before Boards. So we opened Mm -hmm. in D.C. as the third wave of functional medicine uh, groups in in D.C., not because D.C. was um, more enlightened. They just weren't that organized. So they pretty much left the boards to themselves. And that it's a that's a long time ago and a lot has changed. But it's fascinating to me because I came out of dental hygiene. And what were we doing? Teaching people to prevent periodontal disease and decay and having them brush and floss. We were treating conditions that did not exist. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been said that dentistry is the only profession trying to put itself out of business. I would say there are more (laughs) professions doing that. But uh, Uh I think we all come to the table with unique backgrounds that mm-hmm. that blend in to what we're doing and and your analytical your research background is very interesting so no wonder you came up with this wonderful idea so tell us more about what it is you do and the terms you've coined yeah so uh, i'm trained as a dietitian and i've always been in that culinary translation space but as I had mentioned, you know, the Human Genome Project gave birth to this area of science called nutrigenomics, which really is absolutely flourishing. So I bumped headlong into that when I was working in South Africa and met a couple of researchers in nutrigenomics. And I was presenting at a conference, and I used these basically um, visual roadmaps, if you will, to really try and explain complex areas in science. Because science is complex, right? Biochemistry is incredibly complex, and we have to break it down into, if you will, pardon the pun, digestible bites, even for us clinically to understand, (laughs) let alone the public, right? Um, And so they saw my work, and they said, oh, my gosh, we need you. We, We have got to translate the complex area of how food talks proteins into the kitchen. So I said, oh, that sounds like culinary genomics. And um, basically what I'm doing in culinary genomics is I'm taking this field of how food connects to our genes and I'm essentially rewriting the recipes, if you will, for how we can choose, prepare, and eat food that connects with our genes. So, you know, I may uh, take a recipe and move the ingredients around a little bit um, so that and, and talk to individuals, as I'm doing in my book, about how we're using certain ingredients, why they work in the body, and when we prepare them in specific ways, you'll love this. You get a better return on your ingestion. Yes. Huh, <laughs> your investment, so your ingestion. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. So it's just, well, think about food. Like, so there's an ROI of investing, putting your money in food, right? So that's, you know, how, how do I get the best value for the dollar spent? And we should talk about that because I, that is changing. So there's that. But then when you buy that food and you bring it home and you store it and you prepare it and you treat it however you're going with whatever culinary technique you're using, there are if you will, new rules through culinary genomics that will allow you to prime that food so that the nutrients in it are in a form that provides the best information to your body. So that's the return on ingestion part. So to really summarize, my work is taking the cutting edge of nutrition science, what we know from the scientific community, and walking it or combining it with the culinary arts so you get the best science 
with the best culinary preparation techniques so that you, as an individual, get the best value and the most information out of the food you eat. Well, you have... A whole different ballgame. It is, <laughs> and you've, your explanation is elegant. And what oh, I I think it's very important for our listeners because what you're saying is you're individualizing the diet to the person based on mm-hmm. their genomics, based on their predispositions and laboratory findings, et cetera. But what mm-hmm. you're saying is there's no one diet for every person on earth. No. And exactly. way too many times I... I talk with people who have one diet, and that diet is the human diet. And I really have to hammer this home that the diet varies dramatically among natural mm-hmm. cultures throughout the world. And Thank you. Underline <laughs> that. Underline that. It does. And yeah. that's Go important. We, are, we may be one species. But we are very unique, just like our fingerprints are unique, our dietary needs are unique. So we're going to talk about this more in the next segment and the following segments. And I want to remind you, if you've just tuned in, folks, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this brief break with more interesting information from Amanda Archibald. Solgar Number 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When and stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number 7 says yes. Solgar Number 7, available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Many nutrients support immune health, but which ones should you take? Pure Encapsulation's Pure Defense with NAC offers a unique blend of hypoallergenic nutrients and herbal extracts designed to support overall immune defense and upper respiratory health. This product features Epicor Saccharomyces, Cerevisiae Fermentate, Elderberry, N-acetylcysteine, nutrients, and flavonoids for enhancing first-line immune defense. Pure Defense with NAC, available at Village Green Apothecary. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. 
At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, and we're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. And a reminder that Village Green is your resource for questions you have and for advice about supplements, and they do carry superior supplements from many manufacturers, including their own Pathway products. Now, we're here every Sunday morning. I'll be with you again next Sunday, and we'll talk about healthy living. Today, our guest is Amanda Archibald, registered dietitian. Our subject is her new book, The Genomic Kitchen, Using Food Gene Connection for a Lifetime of Health. And you gave us your background, your unique background, how you came into this. And I th- you laid the groundwork for the next phase of our discussion is how do genes influence diet? And what's good for the general public and what's good individually? How do we differentiate? Yeah, so let me jump in on this. So you mentioned my book, and the reason I wrote it is to introduce individuals uh, like you as a listener to this new conversation in food. And the new conversation about food is the one that connects to our genes, where our genes are essentially the master directors of the traffic in our body. They're the master users of information from food. So that's why I wrote the book. But the important point is to differentiate between what we, how food impacts us at an individual level versus general guidance. And I think that's important. So when we look at genes or human genes, pretty much uh, our genes all operate the same way. So we all share the same genes. What differentiates us are these variants uh, that we call single nucleotide polymorphisms, they define our traits. They explain uh, why some of us have blue eyes and some have brown, long hair, long kinky, you know, curly hair, straight hair. It doesn't matter what hair you have, you always want somebody else's, right? That's the truth. Right? But the variants also explain why uh, you, uh, somebody in your family, develops diabetes, but you don't. It could be your sibling and you, and yet you live the same life, run the same races, eat about the same, but there's something different about the biochemistry. Regardless of our differences, our genes respond to food pretty much the same way. What differentiates us at a food level is how much of a specific nutrient you may need versus somebody else. So... We all need calcium. We all need vitamin D. In certain forms, we need B12, B6. It's how much you need versus I need is what differentiates us and what decides that are our gene variants. So from a, if you will, from a public health general guidance uh, perspective, the book I wrote was to bring this knowledge, this new knowledge of nutrigenomics and what you do in the kitchen into your house, into your household, into the grocery store, so that you can take advantage of the science, which I think is really important because it's, it's 
it's a, it's not a new science. It's an extension of what we know from the Human Genome Project. And by embracing the science, we're basically putting on the table the cutting edge of what we know in uh, nutrigenomics. But as you said, so that's for the public health approach. But we can also fine tune that, which is near and dear to both of our hearts, right? We can yes. fine tune that, and the way we fine tune exactly which food and how much is when we get into genomic testing, which allows us to essentially look at your genes and the variants on them and create a storyboard for your own body. It looks at your individual human operating system. And when we look at that, we're able to fine-tune those kind of edges, the, the rough edges of your, quote, diet to make sure you are really targeting foods that give you nutrients to improve the efficiency of how you operate as a human. This is such a critical piece. And I dreamed for many years that we would be able to guide people on diet with some very simple testing, that we weren't there yet, but I knew we would get there. And I am so delighted to be here now when this mm-hmm. has arrived, and I know we're not at the ultimate, but boy, we have taken a giant leap from basing our advice on family history, which may or may not be accurate, correct, um, exactly, uh, or even appropriate. And now we have this person's uniquenesses, and mm-hmm. I this is a dream come true for for our profession, in my opinion. It, it's so true. This is a game changer. It's the game changer we've been waiting for, right? It's yes. not like we've been walking around in the dark, but to some extent, we kind of have been. You know, as I was uh, interviewing somebody yesterday, um, we're doing this series on stories in nutrigenomics, so that everyone can learn, hey, this is real. Um, you know, we, we, to some extent, the colleague that I was talking to was saying, you know, I would keep going to the ER. This is classic, right? I keep going to the ER and I'm told there's nothing wrong. How devastating is that? You know, when you as an individual know, I don't feel right. I keep having whatever episodes. I keep getting migraines, yada, 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 yada. My lab tests keep coming back normal. And you sit there and say, we are totally barking up the wrong tree. The human body has innate wisdom. And genomic information, if we're working at a highly individualized level, gives us the greatest signpost, I think, in nutrition and medicine to discover what's wrong. And what's wrong is often an imbalance in our biochemistry that we can correct through food. Yeah, diet is is medicine, uh, food is medicine, medicine is food. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Wise advice. Yes. Um, I, so, what I find interesting is how the uh, spices really started out as medicinal agents or agents mm-hmm. to prevent uh, spoilage in the foods, especially in the equatorial regions. Uh, yes. We use them for other reasons now, but yes. <laughs> they, they were health reasons initially. Yeah, it's almost gone from like folklore to medicine within traditional societies, whatever, uh, China, wherever, 
to flavoring, which they are, right, and depth and beauty to food. Now, through nutrigenomics, and it's just so amazing to me, we actually can connect the dots all the way back to what our ancestors were using them for, which is there seems to be some medicinal health properties associated with them. Now we understand why. Because of their uh, rich polyphenol content or bioactive content, we discover how they these molecules um, can actually activate pathways, uh, we call them transcription factors, that can activate genes to produce the proteins that we need to target um, different systems in our body, such as managing inflammation, oxidative stress. And it, it, it's, you know, studying herbs and spices is very dear to my heart from a nutrition science perspective, but, and also from a culinary perspective. They are jewels in our toolboxes, absolute jewels. Oh, yes, they definitely are. Um, talk about, um, take a gene variant and talk about how that influences uh, a person's nutrient intake uh, and food intake. Well, you know, I bet you talked about MTHFR a hundred times already, yes. right? Yes. Um, but let's, yeah, a, a lot. But, you know, let, let's talk about that because I know that's an area of your expertise, too, because I think it's important to talk about this one gene variant that people talk about a lot. But we need to put it in the context that people think, okay, I have this variant, therefore I'm predisposed to A, B, C, D, E, so... I need to take a vitamin B12 or whatever. Here's the thing about MTHFR is the body is a series of biochemical cycles. And the way I like to uh, look at this is uh, you think of gears. And if any of us can remember what gears look like, they have teeth on them like cogs in a, in a wheel. And those teeth are designed to interact with the next gear so it turns. So in human biochemistry, it's kind of a similar idea that these biochemical cycles simplistically interlink with each other, where MTHFR um, is integral to the linking of the folate cycle with what we call the methylation cycle, but it doesn't work by itself. So when people say, oh my gosh, I got this gene berry, I must need vitamin B12, methylated form or whatever, we actually look and say, well, actually, you might need more than that. You might need a folate and B12, you might need magnesium and zinc, so genomics allows us to look at the whole picture of who you are and not just zero in on, okay, I've got this gene variant. I've got to focus on this supplement. Thank you. We look at it. Thank you for saying this <laughs> right. because I have too many people where they have decided to only look at certain gene variants. There are so many methylation uh, gene variants that are backup. Exactly. And if you've got a lot of backup, a problem exactly. in the MTHFR may not be as problematic. And I call exactly. it looking at all the legs on the table if you're trying to make those legs even. And um, it's, it's hard to impress upon people that you just can't look at one value and say, I'm going to have all these problems. Maybe not. Maybe, Correct. maybe not. Maybe so not. we will keep this conversation going. Amanda, you're amazing, and I am so glad <laughs> that we're going to continue to talk about this. I wish we had 10 hours, 
But uh, I know <laughs> for those of you who've just tuned in with us, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. We're talking with Amanda Archibald, and we are talking about her book. It's brilliant. The Genomic Kitchen Using Food Gene Connection for a Lifetime of Health. Stay with us. We'll be right back. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Village Green and Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green apothecary. Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique healthcare needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. And I'm your host for the hour. I'm Dana Lake, and our guest today is Amanda Archibald. She's a registered dietitian, and way beyond that, has a background that's enabled her to come to come to the table with really breaking news and important changes in the way we look at diet and nutrition. And our subject is her book, The Genomic Kitchen, Using Food, Gene Connection for a Lifetime of Health. 
So let's go a little bit further into the gene connection. And we mentioned MTHFR. Expand our, our knowledge on that, please. Yeah, I'm going to. Let's get, because uh, this is an area of interest I know for you, too. Um, so let's go into the cycle behind, uh, not behind it, the sort of upstream from MTHFR. And then I want to jump into another gene because it's very, very insightful in how we understand which food to eat and why. So feeding into MTHFR, you know, it resides in the, the folate cycle, right, Dana? It's yes. where it sits. But upstream from it is 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 folate. In other words, folate is critical uh, and how it's metabolized is essential. So in other words, we have to have enough form that the body can use because what folate's doing is giving these important methyl groups um, over to homocysteine and it requires B12 to do that. So, you know, there's lots of moving parts. But one of the things that can gum up the availability of folate to do its work is how you get it. And the best form of folate that you can eat is going to be in the whole food form. So that's why we talk about your leafy greens because your body doesn't have to work so hard um, to extract folate in the form, in what I call the user-friendly body form, when you're eating it from food. What gums up the work is if you're eating a bunch of food that's been fortified with folic acid, uh, which goes back a decades, I think, in public health as to why we were fortifying products with folic acid. It had a reason at the time, but now I don't think we need to have fortified foods. Folic acid can gum up the works of how we can get folate in the right form for the body to use. So if you go through your cupboards or pantry at all and you start looking, usually it's at what thing it's... Um, uh, flour-based products, right, or if you've got your crackers or whatever, it, you find folic acid. For some people, folic acid is a disaster because it essentially is difficult for the body to convert into the active form. And if it does, it gums up the pathways that allows the form of folate the body does need to be available to be utilized in the body. Would you say that's fair? That's a, a description oh, of what happens it is. It interferes. Interferes with it the receptors. So it, it does. It, 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 in other words, it docks on to the receptors so that folate in the form the body really wants to utilize can't get where it needs to in your in in your body, so we, the body can do its work. So when we're talking about MTHFR. Uh, nutritionally, we're looking way upstream. It's like, well, how we can form, how do we get fully in the form it needs to be, so it can do its job and gets passed around the body, um, producing these methyl groups. So we're kind of making science simple here. Um, so that's NTHFR, but there's another thing that I think puts genomics really front and center. Uh, do we have time to chat about that one? Yes. The FAT1 gene. Yes. Okay. So. Another gene, FAS1, F-A-D-S-1, it kind of works in conjunction with FADS2. So many of you know uh, about omega-3 fatty acids. So these are these polyunsaturated fats that the body cannot make. It can't make omega-6 either. So we have to get these from our diet. There's a reason why we talk about eating seafood for those of you who do. Um, great. And for those of you who don't, listen in. Because the user-friendly form for the human body, I call it the body-friendly, body ready-to-use form, 
of uh, the omega-3 fatty acids, it's going to be in the EPA and DHA form, which is why you see that on supplements. So if you eat seafood, particularly your fatty seafood and even things like sardines, anchovies, what, salmon, tuna, etc., you're already getting the information for the omega-3 fats in the form the body can utilize, which is what you want because these are critical molecules, particularly in mitigating inflammation, turning off genes that cause inflammation. That's their job. It's not to cause it. It's to incite an inflammatory response. So you want to have these molecules in the right form. Some of you also know that, ooh, we can find, quote, omega-3 fats in things like, what, walnuts is one, maybe flaxseed. The truth is they're in a precursor form, the alpha-linolenic form, which has to be converted by the body into its active EPA, DHA, DPA forms. For about 20% of us, we see this clinically, we have a gene variant that makes that conversion from the alpha-linolenic form to the active form very, very inefficient, which means that potentially if you're only eating omega-3s from the plant sources, you could be actually doing your body a disservice because it desperately needs the active forms, and yet you're not able to secure the flow um, of the omega-3 fat to the active form because you have gene variants that slow it down, in some cases significantly. This is the power of nurture of genomic information where we're literally able to unzip your DNA, if you will, and look and see whether you're one of those persons who may not may actually need to pay a little bit more attention to omega-3 fats in your diet or potentially need to supplement. This, this doesn't is, show up if you're guessing what's wrong, right? <laughs> no, this is, this is fascinating. And it's uh, what you're talking about is what I call how you make a stew of nutrients, meaning mm-hmm. you take those foods and you put components in those foods that, that blend the nutrients that you need and you get your synergism uh, with foods and, and with nutrients. You know, this is just brilliant. I like it. And I want everybody (laughs) else to love it because you know what? It's available. This is the new recipe for how to choose the foods that benefit your health and how to cook them. Bottom line. And tell people about your website while we're talking about it because I want them to access information from you. Yeah, go over there. So it's genomickitchen.com, genomic with a G, right? (laughs) So (laughs) genomickitchen.com. And I designed the website very specifically, almost as a portal of exploration. So if you go to the website, you can do the simple things like read our blogs, sign up for the newsletter, and, of course, we'll interact with you. But we've offered sort of a deeper learning experience when you engage with us. So, you know, read something. Um, read my book. If you want to read the book, do that. If you want to take a simple course that gets you the nuts and bolts of what I'm talking about, there's a Genomic Kitchen Express course. If you're a, a nerd like me and you want to dive really deep, we've got more advanced course. Now we have a culinary course that's coming out next year, how to cook. You know, it's the Genomic Kitchen cooking course. Um, and then, you know, the furthest experience that we're, we're offering um, is if you are a person, you want to explore your own DNA story, we offer that option too. So it's, it's you know, take baby steps or take a deep dive. That's what we're, we're offering. Um, well, and, and people may start out with a baby step, you know, and, and exactly. expand and decide they want more. 
Um, You have a lot to offer on that site. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, keep talking. Um, Are there, do you want to talk about some other gene uh, variant interactions in the diet? Actually, what I want to talk about is, let's let's talk about cooking, you know, because that's the both of our hearts, right? Let's talk about cooking. So why is, Culinary genomics is different from regular cooking. Well, first of all, I'm happy for anyone who's cooking because when you can control the food that goes into your body, you control your health. When you outsource that because you're eating out all the time, you can't control your health in the same way. So what we do uh, in the genomic kitchen is we teach you to look at the grocery store in the kitchen in a different way. So you heard me say earlier that, you know, if you've only got 100 bucks to spend, what foods are you going to spend it on? And what I will tell you there is if you, you know, many of us have limited budgets for food, but there are things that need to go in your grocery cart and in your mouth every day if you can or very regularly. And those foods, are you ready? That's the crucifers that I, we either love or we like sneak by in the grocery store. I'm like, oh, because some people have a gene variant where, crucifers taste really earthy and pungent yes. and some people would say better, right? It's a type 2R38 genes and you have it, you may have it, your kids have it, and they're not kidding when they tell you, I can't stand Brussels sprouts. Um, so there are workarounds with that, but crucifers need to be on your plate every day if you can. So things, not necessarily Brussels sprouts and kale, but any of your radishes, watercress, arugula, horseradish, wasabi, turnips, what else are there, kohlrabi, it's, it's enormous. It's a huge family. Why are these important? What do we do with them in the kitchen? So there's a little bit of magic that happens. If you take your kale or any of these crucifers, let's take a radish because people like radish, a daikon radish, pretty acceptable for most people's palates. When we cut the, or, or grate the daikon radish, a little bit of chemistry takes place. And the chemistry is we're taking a component or molecule, uh, a, a family molecule called glucosinolate, in the radish or in the crucifer. And when we grate or we, we break the cell surface by grating or cutting or even chewing, we, we activate an enzyme called myrosinase. So myrosinase interacts with glucosinolate and we produce one of the most powerful compounds or molecules that the human body can ever know, which is called sulforaphane. Right. So crucifers are not, right? Crucifers are not a, sulforaphane is not resident in the crucifers. We have to create it. We do that in the kitchen, right? What does sulforaphane do for the body? Um, It's one of several bioactives that can turn on antioxidants, genes that produce the most powerful antioxidants that we can own. So we produce them, we don't eat them. So fluorophane, basically, if you want to know the science, activates a pathway called NRF2. I call it the fire hose pathway. That then, in turn, nudges genes to produce these powerful antioxidants that are like a fire hose in the cell. So can you see that if we, this is the beauty of nutrigenomics. When we want to target a system like inflammation or producing antioxidants, we can go all the way back to asking the question, which pathway do we want to light up? And we then go to food and say, this food contains this information that lights up that pathway to produce this outcome. 
Let's do this. I, this is too important, and we need to cover it uh, more thoroughly in the next segment. If you've just tuned in, folks, you're with The Essentials of Healthy Living. I'm Dana Lake, your host, and we're having a wonderful conversation with Amanda Archibald, registered dietitian. We're talking about her concept and her book, The Genomic Kitchen, Using Food Gene Connection for a Lifetime of Health. We'll be right back after this break. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. 7 Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Magnesium is needed for more than 30 chemical activations from metabolizing food for energy to muscle contraction. Although it plays a massive role in the body, it's also one of the most common nutrient deficiencies. Pure Encapsulations Magnesium Glycinate offers a highly absorbable and gentle form of this important nutrient free from artificial ingredients, gluten, and GMOs. This product is available at Village Green Apothecary or online at myvillagegreen.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome listeners to today's final segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro, and we will have Kevin as a host pretty soon. So hang in there. We're going to welcome Kevin back. Now, I also want to remind you that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health and supplements. Now, we've been speaking with Amanda Archibald. She's a registered dietitian, and our subject is her new book, The Genomic Kitchen, Using Food, Gene Connection for a Lifetime of Health. And we were talking about 
the importance of cooking and how you prepare foods and combine foods. And we were talking about the crucifers. If you just want to summarize that and continue forward, Amanda, that would be helpful. Yeah, so we were talking about how crucifers are an example of um, a food that we can use once we know what we want to target in the body, such as managing inflammation, oxidative stress, maybe supporting the production of those essential neurotransmitters so that you can sleep or you reduce anxiety, etc. Once we understand the target in the body, we can connect it to food. Um, so crucifers are a source that we create, the bioactive sulforaphane. In crucifers, sulforaphane ignites these um, genes that can produce antioxidants that are like a fire hose. So this is important to understand because, you know, we've even in our training, it's like, okay, antioxidants, vitamins A, C, E, you get them in food. There's a difference between the antioxidants you find in food in terms of their efficiency or effectiveness versus the ones that we light up, we force the body to produce. So think of, they're both important. Both systems work together, dietary-derived and the ones we produce. So we call that exogenous and endogenous. And that they both help manage these troublesome free radicals that can cause a lot of tissue and cellular damage. Uh, they both work together. Think of the ones you get from your diet as being a teacup of water and a fire, and the ones that you can induce uh, in your body to produce are like a fire hose. You want both. But crucifers are so integral to the fire hose. Um, if you're in the grocery store and you want to look for other high-value return on ingestion products, again, in uh, the produce department, go for what we call the allium family. So your garlics, leeks, uh, chives, onions, also, um, I'm thinking radishes, and the, the, the leaves of the radishes, capers, and fennel are potent sources of a bioactical quercetin. Quercetin can also ignite that fire hose uh, system. We call it the NRF2 pathway. But they can also tamp down a very pro-inflammatory uh, gene called NF-kappa-B, and there's another one called TNF-alpha. So... From genomics, we know how these gene, what these genes do and how they operate. Applying nutrition to genomics allows us to understand which foods to target that gene for what the outcome is. So when we're looking at trying to reduce inflammation, we use quercetin from food sources first, and we also use those critical, uh, that critical DHA molecule that comes from your omega-3 fats. So... It's, it's from all this knowledge, we're actually able to put together an ingredient toolbox, right, or a, a, a grocery list. And that's what I did in the genomic kitchen in my book is I, I basically are talking about which foods and why, and then I organize them in a toolbox and unpack that toolbox so you understand the functionality of all those ingredients so you're not just saying, oh, this is, quote, healthy for me. It is healthy, but now we're going to understand how it's healthy, what it's doing in your body, and importantly, if there's some culinary tips or tricks so that when you've invested in that food, you can extract the best information. Uh, because food is money, and food is medicine, too. Yes, it is. And this is fascinating. In the time we have left, uh, what else would you like to impart to our listeners? I think you've given us a lot of good information. Do you want to talk more about important foods to include? 
Actually, what I want to talk about is something you brought up, and hopefully we have enough time, is um, our origins are absolutely important to us, and, and you had mentioned that. So where you come from has its own, if you will, molecular signature, and I've seen this in my own life because uh, my husband, uh, we both grew up, uh, well, I grew up in Europe. He's European by birth, but was adopted. So his genes are Greek in origin. Okay, so if you are from Greece, and some of you will be or have ancestors there, uh, your you know, relatives still living there, the, the way you live and the food you're exposed to is very different from the United States. So in working with him, he's worked through many years with migraines. We finally decided to put him on a track, looked at his genomics, and did some uh, food uh, sensitivity testing. What we were actually able to see, uh, particularly on the food side, is the foods that or he was very sensitive or reactive to are foods that would never have appeared on his table if he'd grown up in Greece. Wow. How about that? <laughs> yeah. A, that's impressive. So, you know, it, it, it was very <laughs> impressive. So does that mean that your genes don't change? No, your genes can, if you will, acculturate. And most of us, they don't acculturate in one generation, but sometimes they do. That's probably beyond the context of where we can go today. But just know that where you come from, can predispose you to how you may respond to foods in American society. Uh, and we, we kind of know that historically from, you know, when was, we know when Japanese came to live yes. in America and Hawaii, we know um, that they developed um, kind of disease conditions as a result of living here versus if they stayed home. Uh, they would not have. So we've seen that time and time again in, in medicine. And, and genomics, I think, is a great platform to explain how and why. Oh, that's a, I was thinking of that uh, example as you began speaking about it because mm -hmm. it, it was an eye-opener that, uh-oh, they were better off in yeah. Japan. What's the difference? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's your, your genes reacting, they're based by the culture you live in, based by the foods that they've known innately, what, for thousands of years. So we're not imagining that. And, you know, the field of epigenetics actually really shows how the environment can change how our, how our genes behave, um, which is really a lot of what's going on. Um, but I think they, we, we carry in ourselves this innate wisdom as humans, but we carry, if you will, that, that ancestral signature, which explains a lot why we can't rapidly assimilate with a different food culture and why we can react to it. Well, I will say it's easier to make recommendations if one knows that they're seeing a person whose entire ancestry was, say, Greek or yeah. Asian or from China or any mm -hmm. any culture. Uh, Alaska, you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of years behind you uh, supporting who you are. And those individuals were easy to deal with. But now we, we're blessed with such a mixture of individuals across the world. And that's exciting, but it's harder to say, mm -hmm. what are your genetics? What ancestry... Uh, ancestral qualities or traits do you carry in order to try to direct the diet in that healthier direction? And that's mm -hmm. that's a challenge. But with genomics, 
with what you're doing, it, we're going to get some solutions. So, Amanda, do you have Definitely. just um, uh, one or two minutes of uh, parting information for our listeners? Um, sure. I mean, you've heard us talk about the website and, you know, obviously we're talking about my book. Um, you can just grab that on Amazon in a digital or um, in the print version. Some of us still like the print, right? <laughs> it's easier to read and turn the page and fold down the little parts that we want to go back to. But what I, I, I think my, my parting uh, kind of sentences, if you will, of words are, look, we're in a new era in science and medicine. Um, if you have the opportunity to, um, if you if you have the opportunity to explore your unique story as told by your genes, I encourage you to jump on it, particularly if you're not finding resolution with your health. That being said, to access the work that I've put out there, you don't have to have a DNA test. You know that is if you want to. I created the Genomic Kitchen, and my work helps you take advantage of this science and move it into your kitchen, so you can start to bathe your body with the information that it wants without a DNA test. So I, th- I think that's an important point to make. You can, you can move with the science um, at a pace and with the budget you have and take advantage of what we now know at the cutting edge. So I encourage you to do that. It is. Well, you're a true visionary. And what you've oh, brought you. to the table is just amazing. Uh, pun intended. <laughs> so. Thank you you for being with us. And um, I hope to have you back in the future because this is too important. Uh, We need to talk about this a lot more frequently. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I want to thank you listeners for joining us here on the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I want to remind you about a book written by Dr. Joseph Pizzorno. The Toxin Solution, How Hidden Poisons in the Air, Water, Food, and Products We Use Are Destroying Our Health and What We Can Do to Fix It. That's a long title, but it tells you what's in the book. And a reminder, you can access this show or any of the previous shows through myvillagegreen.com. That's myvillagegreen.com. And I... I I like this saying, and I think it applies to Amanda. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. And as our lives move forward, I am always reminded that every day is a new day, every minute a new minute, giving us so many opportunities to make positive health-enhancing choices. So please remember, folks, it's not the number of breaths you take It's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5450. West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.